again, you're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We've come into the second hour, and usually I look out the window and say something like, wow, it's beautiful and sunny and, and amazing, <laughs> but it is not. It is absolutely bucketing down here in Newcastle. Yeah, it looks like the sun hasn't even come up today. It's Well, there's some light. It's not like completely pitch black, but... It, we're in for a cold, stormy, rainy one today. And I'm here for it. I love it. What? I love it. I love this kind of weather. I'm so into it. Why? <laughs> it's nice and cool, and I don't yeah, know, I know what you smells mean. Smells great. You get to. I think. I think that winter clothes are cooler. Yeah, like yep, clothes that you wear this time, because because clothes that you wear in summer is just so. Small, like you're sitting here wearing a beanie, a full jacket you got zipped up. You had the hood on before, yeah. long pants, socks, and shoes. <laughs> That's right. So, so there's 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 more clothes to appreciate. You know, there's <laughs> more, more space. Hey, give us another clue for the quiz. What am I? This is worth five, four, three, two hundred points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to write on the cards what they're worth. It's hard doing maths backwards. Mm. What am I? God said He gave every green plant to Adam for this. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you think you know the answer, it's been a bit of a, a curly one today, but the answer is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. God said He gave every green plant to Adam for this. Now I've got a bunch of people getting it right. Shout out Raphael, Janelle, getting it correct, but again, a bunch of wrong answers. And uh, but other than those wrong answers, you guys have been very quiet today. It's been. Maybe rainy where you are, and you just you just decided to oh, you know maybe I'll send something in, maybe I won't. We did have I wanted to read a text message that came in yesterday from the show. It says, according to commentaries, the reason that Sodom and Gomorrah became what they became was because of their fabulous wealth and free time, which led to boredom and doing things they should not have done, which led to the road of perdition and destruction with fire. Falling from heaven, from God, in a way, Lot was used to be a little light in a dark place. Mm. And, of course, we were talking in our Bible study yesterday about the need for work and how we are biologically constructed by God to work from before, you know, sin existed. Although the context of work today is one, and this is what we talked about yesterday, one that has brought upon itself because of sin, you know, exploitation, overwork, you know, more need for rest, even though there was a need for rest. We, we had the Sabbath from the very beginning of time, the very beginning of creation. But uh, all of those negative things come along. But that being said, work has been something that has always been good for us because work has always been associated with our purpose. Yeah, I think the positives far outweigh the negatives in this in this regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So... That means, hey, we gotta we gotta go and get out there and work. But I have a question for you, Monica. Yes. Do you think God is calling us to work ourselves to the bone until the day we die? No. Is that the purpose? No. God is a God is a God of balance. I have to mm-hmm. remember that. God is a God of balance. I'd love I'd love to to know as well. Just just Monica, if you have an opinion, and listeners as well, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What is to you the purpose of work? We've been, we've been talking about work and going to work and why it's good and how work gives us purpose, but what is the purpose of work itself? I think when I think about the purpose of work personally, I like to think of it as being some sort of benefit to humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a benefiting society at the very least. Mm-hmm. But I do think that people are called to do different things. So your work is something that you've been called to do by God. Mm-hmm. 
And I and I and I also think that some people sort of overthink that no, well, I have to be a missionary then, and that's the only option. But you can be a missionary in whatever field that you've been skilled in. Amen. I think that the work of being a witness for Jesus is one that basically continues until the day you die. Yeah, absolutely. I was, Everybody has it, regardless of their profession. Yeah, that's right. Everybody. I was really. I was really encouraged when I went down to Melbourne. Uh, I was staying there with the pastor of a church down there. Shout out Chris and Gateway East. And, and one of the members, unfortunately, is in a place where they are terminal uh, with oh. cancer, which is really, really sad. And they were getting together to, to – to, Chris was just telling me about them getting together to plan their funeral. And this person, this woman, she is, you know, like relatively advanced. She, she's lived a life and now – She's got cancer and there's not much time left. She's on um, palliative care. But Chris was telling me every time him and his wife would go to visit her, to try and encourage her, you know, oh, you know, because she's, she's, she's on the way out, unfortunately. Every time they would go to encourage her, they would be encouraged. Like she would just sit there, this amazing, faithful woman of God, just just sharing with them the amazing things that God has done in her life, the ways that God has blessed her. And they would leave like, wait, we went to encourage her, but she actually just encouraged us, you know, mm. even to, to until the day that she died. Her life's work of being a follower and witness of Jesus had not ceased. Amen. Now, that being said, when it comes to our work in which our, our, prof- our profession or our vocation in which we earn money, there is a certain time in which we do it, mm-hmm. and then there's a certain time in which we stop doing it, and we yep. call that retirement. Mm-hmm. Because I think by the time that you get retired, the by the time retirement comes around, the expectation is, is there's some kind of lineage or legacy that you have. It might be kids. It might be a work of mission or charity or whatever that you can continue to evolve, involve yourself in that is kind of post-vocation. Again, there is always things to do until the day that you die. In fact, the Bible says that it's a fool who heaps up uh, pl- uh, treasures for himself and then sits. This is a parable that Jesus tells. He sits there in the end and says, look at all that I have. Now I'll just eat and drink wine and be merry. Mm. Jesus says that man is a fool because, you know, the purpose of life is not just to accumulate riches and do nothing with it or to do things that only serve self. The purpose of life is to be used by Jesus. And and we can be used by Jesus in terms of our vocation, our monetary gain that we make from our vocation, or, again, his specific calling on our life to, to be a witness and to be a minister and whatever. But, again... We see this pattern of you work for a certain period of time. Now, in the lesson that I'm reading before me, it says this part of our life, the working years, is usually about 40 years long. So I'm assuming they're saying from from 18 to to 58, something something along that that line, 18 to 58. Which is my my dad. He is 60. He's still working, but he's he's nearing retirement now. We've been through some interesting times as a family and you know through bankruptcy and whatnot but he's come out the other side doing really well and um actually shout out my mom too my mom bought a house yesterday oh good on her good for her so so my mom my mom's 55 my dad is 60 my parents aren't together but both of them are kind of taking those steps towards retirement of Mm -hmm. of oh hey you know there are some working years left in us i think i can't estimate in which they're at what time they're going to Bring, bring bring work to an end exactly, but they're 
they're prepping for that. They're, they're getting in and getting stuck in and getting it done so that they can get to that end. And, and for both of them as well, like my dad having worked throughout all his life in the area of construction and trade, and, and now he's working as a project manager. So he's earning the most money he's ever earned in terms of a, a, a wage. Uh, of course, when he was running a business, that business was making fantastic money. But now as a subcontractor, he's earning the most money he's ever earned in, in that position. And my mom as well, just finishing her MBA, having worked as an accountant for the last 30 years. Like they're both in that position where they're moving quickly towards retirement and they're earning amongst them the higher end of the most money that they've they've ever earned. And this is the expectation that most of us have. But also the reason that we're called to to earn that money and to save up is again not just for self but to use it for important things. Now let's read some Bible verses about that. Have you got your Bible there for us, Monica? I sure do. Let's start by going to First Timothy chapter five and verse eight. First Timothy chapter five and verse eight. If you've if you've got it there as you're turning there in the Bible, First Timothy five and verse eight. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That is intense. That's heavy. That is mm-hmm. absolutely intense. But I feel like Paul here, he's putting in very clear and direct language something that I think we all intuitively understand. Especially, you know, I I have been so blessed. You know, I've been through turmoil in my family and whether it's divorce, bankruptcy, all that stuff. Um, But I have been so blessed to come from parents who, that being said, they've really put us first as their their children and have just blessed us so much with, because they have both felt a deep need and a responsibility to to look after us, me and my sisters as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Of course, now, like, I'm 24, I earn my own money, I buy my own food, I, you know, do everything for myself. But simultaneously, I can't deny the, the blessing that they've given me and also the way that they've been able to shape me into someone who's, who's able to do that. Now, we know it's from God. He gives us all opportunity to work and to earn money and whatever it may be, but it's, uh, I, I've been blessed with parents who have been able to do that, even though, you know, my parents aren't Christian, they're not of the faith, but they have been able to instill those values into my life because I think that they're, I think that they're great people. And Monica, what's your experience been like with that? I know that you have an interesting working history and you've done lots of different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of different things. No, I, 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 I just want to this Bible verse here where it says, you know, taking care of um, your relatives in your own household. And I just, it just made me think like one of my goals in terms of finance finances has, has been that when my parents can no longer take care of themselves, that I want to be able to be Mm. financially um, uh, stable enough to be able to take care of my parents in their old age, the way they took care of me in my youth. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's my dream. Absolutely. Probably my only financial dreams, really, is mm. to be able to take care of them. So, yeah. Now, in, in Western culture, that's a little bit less pronounced, particularly because right. we set up systems to stave off doing that a little bit. Like super, for example. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you earn money throughout your career. You save up your super and that gets cashed out at a certain age and you, you get access to it and then you go on and, and yeah, live your life and, 
and uh, go on and and have money. Whereas uh, in in other cultures, particularly, I look towards maybe Islander culture. And when you have kids in Islander culture, you're not you're not just having children; you're investing in the in your future mm-hmm. because the expectation is that those children and that's they have many kids and big Islander families. Those kids then come that's through true. and and look after you in your in your old age as you've looked after them whilst they're grown up. So that's your retirement plan walking around right there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so you invest into your kids because they eventually will be of great benefit to you. And that's because they love you, by the way. You know, it's not just and it's interesting it's not just that the Bible sort of upholds that standard mm-hmm. that practice. Yeah, because it says here it's like it says he has denied oh, he says those who do not provide for his own so this is talking family. And then it says, and even those in his own household. So there is an expectation here of provision being made for family members in need, whatever it may be. Now, we're in certain situations that negate that a little bit. But simultaneously, again, if you're in that position where your parents are in their old age and they, they have a need, it's great to have the ability to say, well, actually, as your child, I can provide. Mm-hmm. I can I can help you with that. I can be a blessing to you as you have been a blessing to me. That's and right. God knows how much money that my parents have spent in raising me and my three sisters. Like, And uh, our various endeavors throughout life. And we have been so blessed. And so, therefore, I, I totally wish to look up to that expectation as I... As I get older, right now I'm I'm 24. I'm yeah, earning my own money, living my own life. But at the same time, I'm a I'm a student too, and I'm in that process of getting my tertiary education done to then move into my career that I can earn money from to support potentially a family in the future. But especially when I look towards my parents, I'm like, oh, that's something that I want to be able to do too. As the verses outlining here, let's read another verse. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, of course, Proverbs being written by one of the smartest men who ever lived, one of the wisest men who ever lived. That Because being he asked for it. Solomon, he asked for wisdom. God gave him wisdom. And this is something that he says in his wisdom, his wise counsel in the book of Proverbs 14. And would you read verse 23 for us? Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Did you bring this verse up yesterday? Did you quote this one? No. You quoted something similar, though. But essentially... Oh, it'll fold in the hands, it'll close in the eyes, and poverty will come upon you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. So labor, there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Mm. Now, this is, this is interesting because idle chatter is something that... Well, there's a saying that I have heard. It's called working for the weekend. Oh, yes. And yeah. the thought is, like, I want to work so that then on the weekend, and this is particularly a Western goal. Uh I work during the week so I can spend all my money on the weekend on idle chatter, essentially spending time with people, but in a, you know, in a party, (laughs) bit of of a party sense, you know, getting out, getting stuff done. Now there is amazing, awesome things that you can do on the weekend that I don't believe is idle. For example, I go to church every weekend and, and every weekend that I go to church, I spend time with my church family and we talk and we grow closer together. But the chatter is not idle, but rather it is chatter about God because Amen. we are there together, worshiping God, leading each other closer to Christ. But this says making a life of idle chatter only leads to poverty. Did you know that one of the biggest addictions that people have observed within modern culture that has come as a result of technology, essentially, is 
online chat addiction. Really? So it's this idea that, and I, I maybe some of the listeners have been through this, but it's essentially that people will consistently and continually go out of their way to just find people online to connect to and talk to, even barely. You know, it's like they they even if they barely know the person, but it's just someone who they can have a conversation with. Now, some people are led to this because they're lonely, but even people who are within situations in which there's lots of people around them and it's not necessarily lonely, they will have an endeavor to just constantly, they'll stay up all night on chat rooms or whatever, just trying to reach out to people to be constantly engaged in conversation, which is, which is interesting because I feel like it highlights a certain need that we have. Mm. Uh, which is for for God wholeheartedly yeah. mm-hmm. to for before God. There is definitely someone who you can talk to, uh, who will hear what you say and actually be a blessing, blessing and a benefit to your life. And that is Jesus. But they've noticed it as a result of the when it comes around the most is when people are lacking in things to do. Essentially, oh, it's yeah. it's an extension of of boredom um, for a prolonged or an extension of especially they find people who are unemployed. Of, mm-hmm very very prone to this oh. because people who are employed if you're if you've got work to do and when i i use the word employed to say if you're engaged in some kind of work you might be a student you might be going to tafe you might be volunteering whatever um people who are engaged in regular work are tired because of that work there which is a, i think is actually a positive thing then they go home and like jenna fiske said they've worked throughout the day they go home they get good sleep and then, you know, they engage in, in great times. But people who are constantly just seeking to to connect and chatter for the purpose of this kind of self-serving of like, oh, I, I just need to talk to someone right now. I just need to talk, 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 talk all the time. It's usually as a result of not being put to work. And it just becomes a life of idle, meaningless chatter. And that's what we see here, that idle chatter leads to poverty in a very real sense. That's what takes place. People who aren't engaged in work then spend a lot of time seeking just to... to, to and in the world that we live in today, in which it's so easy to... You, there's many forums in which you can have conversations with people. are just like constantly seeking, oh, I need to have some level of social connection and just talk to people, even if they're people around. This is the interesting thing that they observed about this 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 online chat addiction is even if they have people in their cir- circle who they talk through to throughout the day, like even if they're constantly social throughout the day, then at nighttime they will just continue to be social. They can't switch off. They can't say, I need time for myself. I need time between me and God. I, I need time for something else. They just constantly need to be talking to people. It's so interesting. People who are going through this, it's usually as a result of not engaging in some kind of work. And so then it creates a bit of a cycle. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm spending all night talking to people and engaging socially with people, oh, which then limits my ability to be useful in a working role or to even go out and to find employment, which then enables me, because I don't have employment, to just continue to talk to people online and, and engage in this addiction. It's a really, really interesting thing. But I feel like it just proves right wisdom that was given to us almost 3,000 years ago from King Solomon, where he says... Idle chatter leads to profit, but in labor, uh, in poverty, but in labor, there is profit. Oh, I got some text messages coming through to talk about. They seem fantastic, as well as some Bible verses here. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. 
We have a 100-point clue. What am I? Paul says we should be content with this and clothing. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What am I? Paul says we should be content with this and clothing. There's been times in my life where I've been at that level. Oh yeah. Just just this and clothing. <laughs> trying to be content. Like, <laughs> um yeah, this interesting, interesting stuff. If you know the answer, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I have a text message here. It says work was given to Adam from God for his benefit. After the fall, it became much more important. Work became a necessity, but even more to keep him busy and future generations from giving them all day to sin. Remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Too much leisure time to sin nonstop. That's right. Absolutely. And uh, sin is a slippery slope to perdition. Into destruction. And and that's right. Work is an amazing thing. We talked about earlier in the week, though. It's like, oh, but what if my work is actively engaging in sin? And that's where you decide. It's like if you've been convicted by God, if you've been convicted by Jesus to live a life following him, you've got to think as your work as an extension of what you do for him. Yeah. And so that gives you the ability quite easily to kind of cut through a little bit the, the morality of your work, your line of work, and, th- and say, well, you know, is this in God's best interest for me to to do this? To- and take heart because even if you resign from your job because it's not in a, in a line with um, the Bible, you know, the Lord will take care of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point, Monica. Let's read another verse. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 23. Colossians 2, verse 23 in the New Testament. If you're reading along at home, you can follow us in the Bible. If you are driving the car on the way to work, please keep your hands on the wheel. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as that we use Colossians them. 3, 23? No, that's Colossians 2, 23. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 for us. Uh, let me come again with that. That is... Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now, mm. it says in my version, it says, whatever you do, do it heartily. And as he said that, I was like, oh, oh, perfect. That's that's, yeah. that's exactly what we're talking about. Take heart in the work that we do and know that the Lord is supporting us in the time in which we do it. Now, we've been talking about, oh, there is a certain period of work time. And then afterwards, after that period of work time, we then have the ability to go and to retire, but continue to engage in something meaningful and purposeful as it's our commission right until the day that we die to be engaged in the work of the Lord, to be engaged, to be a witness with him. Now, within the lesson, there has been some guidelines given out to help parents in this regard, because you get to a certain point where you're looking to retire, you're wanting to leave your blessings to the next generation. How are you to do so? Uh, The first thing here, it says, provide a Christian home environment. This would include regular and interesting family worship, regular Sabbath school and church attendance, faithfulness in tithes and offerings. These are great habits to form in early life. The big question is, how can I ensure that my kids are successful in what they do? And I think it's the great maybe regret or remorse of parents when they can reflect and think, oh, wow, I, I maybe didn't live up to my duty and I can see that playing out of my kids and you know it can be a definitely a two-way street 
children have the ability to make decisions and particularly as they get older but simultaneously it's uh we need to as parents or parents of the future or people who are wanting to have kids to consider well how can i give my kids the best chance to follow the lord like i am endeavoring to do and to be successful like i'm i have endeavored to be and as I provide for them, you know, to provide for me and to provide for their future generations, the first one is enable them to know Christ as they're growing up. The next one it has here, teach children a willingness to work and an appreciation for it. Mm. Children will discover that diligence and integrity at work are always noticed, appreciated, and rewarded. Amen. They will learn mm. that money comes to us as a result of our giving time to others by performing tasks that are valuable to them. This is incredibly important, learning, you know, the the willingness to work, the appreciation for work. And again, it's not to chase money, but it's to actually just become a responsible person. I've talked about on the show before, I believe I talked about it maybe last week with you, Monica, about the the cycle of wealth within China and the, the saying that they have in regards yeah. to that, how mm-hmm. wealth only lasts three generations because after three generations, the the third generation actually doesn't know how to work because of mm-hmm. the spoiling of the grandparents, you know, that came from a poor background and was able to to work out of it. Now, Shell has maybe disagree. She's like, oh, I want to spoil my kids. But spoiling your kids in terms of love and hugs and kisses versus dropping millions of dollars into their bank account. So that they don't have to work. So they don't have to work. Mm. We're talking about two different things. Yep. We want to enable our future generations to be hard workers um, and to be diligent workers, again, because it, it plays into how we earn money and how we have success, but also how we follow God as diligent people trying to put him first. Finally, it says help with a good education. Education is expensive today, particularly Christian private school education. But to parents with plans for their children, not only for this life, but also for the one which is to come, it is well worth the cost. Now, here in Australia, when it comes to tertiary education, my parents don't have to pay a cent. Because there's, there's this amazing thing called hex and fee help. But when it comes to going to schooling and whatnot, the principle that it is giving here is that the, you know, as we live life and earn money, one of the priorities that we should have in regards to our earning of money should be to put our kids in the position to have the best education possible. Now, sometimes in, in rare cases, this doesn't even look like going to school. I have a very good friend. Shout out the Schmitz. I love those guys. They're, they're my very, very good friends. And uh, their son is, they have left school after year 10 and decided they've gone into a diploma in TAFE and then they will be seeking tertiary education later. They're very interested in, in media and they're already working in media. Shout out the Happy Hands project program that runs all over Australia looking up. It's basically a, a kids club, um, but one that's focused on knowing the Lord too. Um, but they've decided, hey, the best use for our son's time, and this has been a part of his decision as well, is you know, what, for what he wants to do. It's not to continue to graduate year 12, but actually leave it year 10 and go down the TAFE road and, and go that direction. I'm like, Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. But they have seen that we are going to support not only monetarily, but in terms of, you know, helping their son plan and work through mm-hmm. their life and make plans for success in the future, we're like, we're, we're fully on board. Yeah. We're going to be there for him and, and help him. And I think that that is something that's also greatly needed is guidance and mm. wisdom for these young people. And I know for myself, 
I, it's something that I have definitely sought and am continuing to seek is, man, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, what, <laughs> what's the way I'm supposed to get there? Yeah, I can make great plans, but do they even make sense? Are they even right? Do they, do they go the direction that I want? And this is where parents can be such a benefit to their children. So shout out all the parents out there. And uh, I pray that you live up to the counsels of God's word that it, and the counsels of the lesson here that it's giving, that you can be a blessing to your children in this way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. For their campaign. You're listening to The Breakfast Show and Monica... Yes, sir. We've come to an end. We really have. To a quiz that has perplexed many people. (laughs) I knew it was going to be a good one. The answer is food. It is. Probably the biggest clue was when I said at the start, I really like this. (laughs) (laughs) Now, some people were a bit surprised by, by, you know, the different different clues. And there was someone who said, I hope it's not children. Yeah. So one person <laughs> said worms. One person said dying. Uh, s- sorry, Wayne, it's not It's not dying. Uh, Let me run you through the clues and uh-huh. understand why. So what am I? Uh, with Joseph in charge, Potiphar did not concern himself with anything except food. Uh, food was commonly sacrificed to idols, thankfully not babies or children. That's what that one had to do with. Acts informs us how the Grecian Jews complained because their widows were neglecting in the daily distribution of food. God said he gave every green plant to Adam for food, and Paul said we should be content with food and clothing. Mm. Uh, I have a text message here. It's about what we've been talking about in our Bible study. It's 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 a bit heavy, though. Thank you for sending it in. It says, It is frustrating for me with my situation. I did neglect to consistently perform my spiritual duties when my children were younger. Though they are still young, nine and seven, due to being separated and the other party having chosen a path away from God, uh, I am thankful, though, that I've been able to take my kids to church every single week. The influence they get during the week, I can see having an effect and an influence of things they prioritize. Um, It does get me down wondering about the things that they're doing. I could have done better, especially the effect that may have, that that, that the things happening during the week may have on my kids. And thank you for sending your text message in. I think this is a very real and and visceral worry that that parents have. And I can see in your life, and unfortunately the, the way... Uh, that things have shaken out in the situation, it would be incredibly difficult and, and worrying. And I can also see for yourself, as you've, you've indicated here in the text message, feeling as though maybe I haven't lived up to my responsibilities or my duty to be that spiritual parent, to be that you know priest to them. But as the Bible says, Psalm 111 and verse 9 says, He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever, holy and awesome is his name. We all fail, we all stumble, we all fall short. But in the time in which we're living now, fortunately, we still have the ability to come back to God. And I think that there are so many parents who are incredibly worried about their children uh, and and very like, oh, if, you know, if I don't raise in the right way, if I don't influence the right way, they might leave God and, and leave the church. And that is definitely a worry. That is, I think that is definitely something that you should think about. It. How can I do the best by them to draw them as close as possible to the Lord? But simultaneously, I grew up in a situation that was completely devoid of Christianity because my parents aren't Christian. But throughout my life, 
God was really working. I went to Christian schools and I knew Christian people and I always had a really good opinion of Christians because of the way that God had worked through those various situations. And that at a time in which I was in the lowest, I had Christians around me to open my eyes up to what Jesus could do for my life. And despite me coming from a totally secular background with every single vice and every single problem that you could imagine, God worked. And I'm a Christian today because of that. So, And, and that happened, I, I see, in large part due to people praying for me. And so although we can have neglected our post as spiritual parents, whatever it may be, to continue to pray that God will work in the lives of our kids to draw them closer to him, that is one of the greatest things that we can do. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And uh, we've come to the end of our time again looking out the window. I'm not looking forward to some amazing, fantastic, awesome, great, you, you know, weather day. But um, I am looking forward to a day in which I'm going to be spending time with friends. I've got, I've got a Bible study lined up. Uh, also, I, I talked last week about how my friend took me out to a fancy, fine dining dinner, had oh. great food. And we're going out again tonight. So, oh, so dude, you're it's, taking me. It, it is the best when you. I, I do Bible studies with people who have money, bro, and <laughs> and they're like, obviously because I want to share the gospel with them. But okay. then they're like, oh, Lawson, I love the Bible studies. So you know what we're gonna do? Share uh, be- some food before we do the Bible study. I'm gonna take you out to a fancy restaurant, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll pay. Then they're like, No, you're not allowed to pay. I'm paying. So. Praise God for those people. I'm always looked after. Hey, engage with God today. Engage with ministry. Think, who can I be a witness to? And remember, as you're living your life, to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.